1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money-wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to have you with us. What a pleasure to be with Ray Lance and someone very special every Sunday morning by USA Wealth, a company that not only does a public service in our community by asking you to protect your family, protect your money, but also giving you pointers each and every week. Ray, good morning. Great to see you. Good Sunday morning, Phil. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your wonderful introduction, as always, uh, Phil. And it's always a pleasure to be with you every Sunday morning. Thank you. This morning, we also have with us Attorney Tenny Lance, who is uh, related to me, as a matter of fact. Good morning, Tenny. Related to you. She's related to me. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. It's nice to be here again. Good morning. So, uh, Tenny is my wife. She's also an attorney, and she runs the Lance Law, Inc. law firm. And, uh, Tenny, what do you specialize in at the law firm? Well, we, um, we specialize in several areas. One is estate planning, probate and trust administration, those sorts of things. We specialize also in elder law and Medicaid law, and we do quite a bit of real estate law. Well, this morning we're going to be talking, ladies and gentlemen, about why planning, both estate planning and financial planning and making sound financial decisions is even more important for women than it is for men. We're not going to have a political discussion necessarily, but we may say a couple of things about (laughs) what's happening in the political arena. Well, it's certainly an appropriate time to talk about women and their uh, wonderful positions in the world these days. But we have a lot of things we want to talk to you about this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, At USA Wealth Group, we certainly see lots and lots of women not accompanied by men. Sometimes we'll find in a case of a marriage situation that the, the wife may come in alone first uh, because the husband is too busy or doesn't want to be bothered. And then when she realizes the importance of what we're doing, then the next visit we'll have both of them there. But we have many, many uh, single female clients. I would suspect probably you find the same thing true in the law firm, Tenny, that I find more single female clients than single male clients. Uh, Yes, that's true, and I find more older single female clients than I do older men, and that may relate to some of your longevity issues that you're going to talk about this morning. Well, whether you're single now or whether you're married uh, in a marriage uh, situation, um, the fact is that women live longer than men. There's a longevity problem. There's a financial gender inequality problem. There's a problem in that Women don't have as much money in a Social Security account, typically, as men do. And there are many, many reasons why women need to sort of take a very strong role in making sure that their own plan is set up or that their husband and wife plan is set up if perhaps they're married. Uh, There are just so many reasons. Um, So let's talk briefly about longevity, uh, Tenny. Uh, Women live longer than men. It's a known fact. They do, and I think we should begin this topic by you telling the joke that you often told at many of the seminars in the past about why women live longer than men. Phil, do you Uh know why women live longer, or do you know why women live longer than men? Why? 
Or do you know why men die earlier than women? Why? Well, men die earlier than women because they want to. <laughs> they want to. <laughs> I guess we should clarify married men. Is that the... Married men, yes. We'll clarify it as married joke. men. They just get so tired. <laughs> no, that's not always true, obviously, but... Um, it is a fact that women will outlive men by typically seven, eight years or longer sometimes. And so they need to be concerned, number one, to make sure that their uh, legal and estate planning documents are in order. Right, Tenny? Absolutely. And they also need to make sure they're going to have enough resources and that whatever monies and resources they put together during their lifetime um, are going to last for the extended life, the longer life of the woman in the relationship. And then, of course, for um, single women or women who have not been married, and we have many clients in that category, um, it is an issue. They tend to be better savers than men do, but their financial needs are very important as they retire also. So let's get started, Tenny, by just giving a little bit quick background on what do you do at Lance Law, Inc.? Well, the Lance Law, Inc., firm is oriented to helping people with their estate retirement legal planning. What does that mean? Well, it means having the proper documents in place so that if any need arises and uh, somebody is uh, in a difficult situation where maybe they be, may be in, incapacitated or even die, that the documents are there to protect those who remain, the family members who remain. And so we may um, deal with those situations with such documents as living trusts, or we may do wills. We very importantly want to do durable powers of attorney for property and health care documents. All of these are very, very important that everyone have, but that you particularly have in case anything should happen. And tell us where, um, where did you go to law school, for example? I went to what was then called SNESL, the Southern New England School of Law, which is located right across the street from our office. It's now the University of Massachusetts School of Law. We're all very proud that our law school has become the state-supported law school. And... Um, I know that you also do a lot of work in the area of asset protection from uh, nursing homes. Is that correct? Yes. Medicaid planning is uh, a, a tough one um, because it is so difficult to obtain eligibility for Medicaid these days. Uh, it is, of course, a program for poor people, but what that means is protecting assets of the lower middle class is difficult to do and um, causes a lot of stress in families. So our topic today is not just men versus women or women versus men, although there are lots of interesting things we can say in that department. But we do want to talk about the fact of how should women in particular make sure they're going to protect themselves because they're either alone to begin with or they're going to be the survivor in a relationship. So let's talk about some of the reasons why women really live longer than men. Uh, first of all, um, they're, they're tougher uh, even at birth, even at conception, um, a little-known fact. Uh, 
two and a half times um, the number of baby boys are conceived and born as are girls. So for a girl to be born and to survive, she's got to be tougher. Did you ever think about that, Denny? <laughs> well, I can certainly compare that with our daughter. <laughs> um, all right. We probably better not go there, but she has a strong-willed personality, we'll yes, say. Yes, she does. And she's not Very listening. bright, brilliant, beautiful today. person. Well, women are also less likely to be daredevils. Um, um, They may have heart disease, but they'll have heart disease at a later point in life than men do. Men who have heart conditions and heart disease um, statistically will have it at an earlier age than women. Uh, Women have stronger social networks. Men are less inclined to be involved socially than women are, and social networks alone will keep them longer. And one of the facts that I discovered, which is really interesting, women take better care of their health. But I guess that shouldn't surprise us. Men sometimes are want to tough it out, not go to the doctor. If they have a pain, they ignore it. Women are much uh, more likely than men to take care of themselves. Um, I like to talk about sometimes the differences between men and women in some quotes from famous women. So I want to tell you something that Margaret Thatcher said. Do you like Margaret Thatcher? I admired her. I didn't necessarily like her. That's probably a good word. She was a tough lady. She was the iron lady. Wasn't that her title? Yes. Okay. Well, she said once, I usually make up my mind about a man in 10 seconds, and I rarely change it. (laughs) I can believe that. Yep. And, um, but um, we do tend to make up our minds quickly. So the fact is we start out with uh, what we call the longevity risk. Women live longer than men, and that can be a good thing, but it also means you need to do some planning. And... Let's talk about what do you do for planning that uh, might involve a woman, for example, Tenny. Well, when we do our planning in the office, first of all, we ask that people disclose to us their basic financial information. So we have an idea of whether they may be comfortable in retirement or may not be, whether there's a need for them to look for some other Uh, mechanism to help protect their finances in their older years. And so planning begins with an assessment of your assets, a statement about your estate. And do you charge anything for somebody to come in and and simply get advice and to learn the differences between the types of documents that you do? No, our initial consultation is free, and at that consultation we do – Uh, Just what I was talking about, we sit down with a client, get to know them and their family, get to know their financial situation, find out where they might have previously had some documents um, so that we'll know whether they have older wills that might need to be revoked, all those sorts of things. What we find is the vast majority of people who come in are those who have done maybe a will and maybe a health care power of attorney and have done it many, many years ago, if not decades ago. So it sounds like your first piece of advice might be to get your legal documents in order, get your estate plan in order, and how would somebody reach you if they wanted to make an appointment to see you? They may call our office at 508-998-8800. They may also email us at Lance lf at aol.com or tlance at lancelawinc.com. 
Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the longevity risk, but let's talk about the financial problem that women have. We still have gender inequality in this country, don't we? Well, we have gender inequality from the get-go. I mean, it starts uh, with the payroll structure in many, many uh, employment situations and goes on to what happens if uh, in a retirement situation the husband is the first to go. Okay, and it also includes the fact that sometimes if there are is a family relationship and there are children involved, oftentimes uh, the mother might stay at home for a few years while the kids are young, right? Well, yes, and therefore she has fewer quarters into the Social Security system, and she has to start at usually a lower place on the uh, employment scale and build up so that her income is equivalent to men. And I suspect a lot of times women will have part-time jobs instead of full-time jobs, which means they may not be participating in a company's pension plan or 401k plan, um, but they'll also be the person whose job is considered Oh, expendable if there's a need to take care of somebody in the family. If you have an older parent, sometimes the wife, the daughter, will stay home to help take care of an older parent. And so, therefore, women tend to be caregivers, uh, child caregivers uh, when kids are young, and they're not earning as much overall total dollars. And those are things that help contribute to the fact that women just don't get paid as much as men. There's a lot of discrimination that takes place in that area also. You know, I as we're talking today, I think back about how far women have come in my lifetime. Um, a, a brief story about something that was very personal to you and me. When you graduated from law school, I had already been working for three years and I was earning more than you were going to earn in your first year of employment. Mm. And so we went and we bought our first house, and we went to a bank to get mortgage financing. And I will always remember sitting with the banker, making out the application, and the banker saying, well, I'm sorry, Tenny, but we can't consider your income because you might get pregnant. Mm. Well... Unfortunately, it takes a long, long time in any society, including this country, to overcome prejudice, whether it's racial prejudice or, or gender prejudice or whatever it happens to be. It's only been very recently that women have been allowed to have combat roles, and although we can, in the military service, we can still debate the merits of that, but... Um, let me come back to Margaret Thatcher once again. She said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. <laughs> I like that. You like that one? I very much like the Miss USA choice last Saturday night. Uh, an Army colonel, was she? I've forgotten what her rank was. But uh, very strong, very beautiful woman. Well, I have to give you a couple more quotes from Margaret Thatcher because she's one of my favorites as well. Uh, she said, it may be the cock that crows, but it's the hen that lays the eggs. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> so she was a, a real strong uh, woman advocate, wasn't she? She was. She's one of my um, three big uh, look-up-to people. 
Queen Elizabeth I, Queen Elizabeth II, and Margaret Thatcher. Now, how As interesting. you know, I love the English. How interesting that they're all uh, English. Well, let's come back a little closer to home because uh, fairly recently we've had the first woman nominated as uh, to be a presidential candidate, or close to being nominated, I guess, um, of any major political party. That's a first in history. You know what's really remarkable about that fact, uh, Phil, and ladies and gentlemen? It has not even yet been 100 years since the time women have had the right to vote in this country. And that's well, it's also amazing. the case, it's amazing that the United States is so far behind its European counterparts. Mm. Germany has a chancellor who's uh, ranked as the number one most influential person in the world, a female. Yep, Merkel. Um, England has had uh, female prime ministers. It's just we're, we're behind the times. Yep. It is the first in this country, but it was actually in August of 1920 that the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution was ratified which uh, granted American women the right to vote. It has not even been 100 years in this country. So uh, that's, that's a very important uh, event in our country. And I guess I'm going to just take a little side note here and say it's also a very important reason why uh, hopefully any woman listening today ought to realize that the right to vote is really a very precious right. And women haven't had the right yet for even 100 years in this country. So get out and vote. No matter who you vote for, get out and utilize your right to vote. Right? Absolutely. Well, Margaret Thatcher, I'm going to give you one more quotation from her. She said, any woman who understands the problems of running a home will be nearer to understanding the problems of running a country. <laughs> now, True. How, you have to maintain a budget. How timely is that uh, today? This is not a political statement, by the way. This is a politically neutral station. Um, but uh, hopefully people will get out and vote. It's going to be a really interesting election, isn't it? Oh, yes. Well, let me tell you a little bit about what we do at USA Wealth Group. Um, we've been in business a long time, and we help people um, protect their family and protect their money, and we go through a very specific process when we do this. Uh, first of all, we have a team of people. It's not just one person doing it. Um, we have a team of very dedicated people who will make sure that you fill out a budget. Uh, next thing we want to do is to analyze your budget and to find out, do you have enough income? Do you have an income gap or do you have a surplus income? And then we want to make sure, how are your assets positioned? We want to analyze uh, everything that you do. I'm going to talk about this a little bit further in more detail. But we have a process that we go through. It's not just to sit down and say, why don't you purchase this thing or why don't you purchase that product? That's not what we're about. Everything that we do is very customized for you. And we're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. You can call us anytime at 508-998-8858. And we're very pleased when we do something that will help um, a family. We've done work in the area of life insurance and sometimes a life insurance product will mean the difference between surviving financially or not. So don't overlook that. Um, women need to make sure that they're going to have a secure retirement, which is uh, a main focus for us today. You know, you were talking about the your planning process. 
It's similar to ours, and it's similar to why we don't just uh, spend five minutes with someone who wants a will, um, jot down their notes about what they want, and and slap dab, that's the end of it. We like to get to know our clients. We like to find out what's in their family background, what uh, may influence the future for them. Um, so we spend quite a bit of time talking with them about their family, the relationships, and and whether they're good or bad, and so forth. It's an important basis for what both you and I do in the planning field. Well, we all need to have security in our lives. We need to know that if we're working, we have a job that can support us or support us and our family. We also need to know that we can retire with some dignity and have enough resources to support ourselves in retirement. And it is a, it's more of a problem for women than it is for men because we've already said that Women live longer, which means their resources have to last longer, but women typically have not earned as much as a man. And so they either need to make sure that if they're single, that they've accumulated enough and planned so that they can afford to retire. So as I said, our process is to go through and first of all, do a budget. Secondly, analyze your assets. Thirdly, find out what your own personal goals are and is it just you you're taking care of? Or if you're married, we want to make sure what the, uh, the husband's assets are or your spouse's assets are. And then we want to lay out a plan and make some specific recommendations. How can you improve the money that you're making? How can you get a better return? How can you make sure you don't lose it? Um, where do you have your money invested, for example? And then do you need an income plan? Do you need to have money put in a place that's going to give you a guaranteed source of income for the rest of your life. How would that make you feel if you knew that you had guaranteed income you could live on? And, um, you know, I'm speaking to everybody in the radio today. How would you feel if you knew when you retired you had money coming in from a pension or you had enough other assets that you could convert into an income source and then you had enough Social Security and do you know when the right time is to take Social Security? Um, lots and lots of decisions. So having a proper income plan and an income analysis is very critical. Then the last thing you need to do is to make sure that your, um, or your first thing, your estate plan is in order. So you need to look at what you're doing on the financial side. But just as importantly, you need to know what you're doing on the estate planning side. You know, is a will sufficient or is a trust better for you? And very important to have a range of legal documents in place. People don't truly realize the importance of such things as a durable power of attorney for property and a health care power of attorney. If anything should happen to you and someone needed to take over for you, if you were incapacitated, if you were under anesthesia and a decision needed to be made, it's critical that you have documents in place so that the family doesn't have to scurry around and go to court on an emergency basis to get somebody appointed as either your guardian or your conservator. Mm. I want to ask you a couple more questions about specific documents, Tenny, but I just want to describe as sort of a, a high-level view for everybody listening. Are your legal documents in place? Is your estate plan in place, number one? Number two, do you have a proper financial plan and retirement income plan in place? And number three, just as importantly, 
If you think you have all that in place, do you review it every once in a while? Because typically every two or three years, something in your household is going to change or something in your family life may change. And so don't assume that maybe you did these documents three years, five years, ten years ago and that you're set. You need to review it periodically. So, Tenny, do you see people that you've done estate plans for that will come back for reviews, and do you do anything to encourage them to review? We certainly do. We um, are active in getting in touch with people. Every three to five years, we go through our database and contact people and say, you really should come in for a review, not only of your legal documents and how they relate to the current law, but your current family situation, whether things have changed. We're going to talk about some real specific information right after our short break. We're going to give you some key information about uh, Social Security and older women, for example, and some of the decisions you need to make. And we're going to tell you why it's important to get started. So Mark Twain said, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. And I love that quotation. I use that a lot. Stay tuned. We're going to come right back after a short break. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to MoneyWise every week on the radio. I want to remind you that we do put um, a selected number of our radio shows up on our website, which you can visit at usawealthgroup.com. You can call us if you'd like more information. Sometimes you might want a copy of printed materials. Call us at 508 998 8858. But uh, certainly visit our website. We have a lot of useful information there. And uh, welcome back, Attorney Tenny Lance. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Tenny is a, a, a real specialist. I guess you can't use the word expert in Massachusetts, can you? No, um, the Massachusetts bar does not like that term. But um, most lawyers these days specialize in something. In fact, We tell people in our seminars, one of the most important things you do is choose the right attorney, because if you're going to talk about estate planning documents, you don't want to go to the fellow who does civil litigation, because he really won't know the the details. Mm -hmm. Well, um, let me talk a little bit about Social Security and older women, and why is it important? We've already said that women don't make as much money as men. Hopefully that will change and there will be more parity and gender equality in the future going forward. If you haven't yet started to collect Social Security and you're listening, um, make sure you check your record to make sure that they have all of the uh, proper amounts of money that you have earned because there are mistakes that get made periodically. But Social Security, Retirement Social Security, is a program that gives you a lifetime benefit. You can't outlive it. It's indexed for inflation. So there will be periodic raises in Social Security as inflation increases. Uh, There is no raise for 2015 because inflation is held uh, fairly flat. But women earnings uh, typically are going to be only about 82% of what men earn. And it's, it's a serious problem. And then I've said already, and we've said that women tend to live longer than men. So the first thing, if you're married, you realize is that you're entitled to claim the larger of the two checks if one spouse dies. So it doesn't whether, matter whether it's a man or a woman who dies first. Uh, whoever survives is entitled to keep the larger of the two checks. 
But guess what that means? It also means that you're going to lose one of those two checks. So you're going to reduce your income from Social Security in a marriage situation if one of you dies. So that's called an income gap. And what we like to make sure when we meet with you is do you have a plan for what happens when one spouse dies? And we can do an analysis, and we like to do an analysis showing, first of all, what happens if the husband dies first, and secondly, what happens if the wife dies first, and what's going to be the remaining income for the surviving spouse. And we can do that in a nice little formula for you. Um, But um, most people, more than a quarter of older women, are going to rely on Social Security for nearly all of their income. And so the next point about Social Security to tell you is real simple. When should you collect it? Should you collect it at age 62? Um, Most people do that, and that's not the best thing. Should you collect it at 65 when you sign up for Medicare? No. Um, Again, a big popular misconception is that if you're going to sign up for health insurance through Medicare when you reach 65, which you're required to do, as as you know, Tenny, um, you don't have to sign up for Social Security in order to collect Medicare health insurance. A lot of people don't realize that, and so they think, gosh, if I'm going to collect Medicare, I have to start my Social Security. And the answer is you don't. Um, A lot of people will start collecting it at 66, and a, a lot fewer people will collect at age 70. But yet, if you can afford to wait to age 70 to take it, that's going to give you a lot more money. Quick example, the age difference between age 66 and age 70, it's 32% more money you're going to collect. That's one-third higher benefit, and that's for the rest of your life. Now, if you're 66 and you're working, is Social Security still taken out? Yes. Why? <laughs> because, it, it well... It adds to your... Um, to your overall earnings. It it will increase the amount that you can collect. Not only that, let's say that um, we encourage people not to take Social Security before the age of 66 if you're going to continue to work. Because if you do, there's a formula and they take money back from your Social Security check. You'll get it made up later, but still, you've signed up at an earlier age than what you really needed to do And you could have let your Social Security account continue to accumulate. So let's say you work until, well, let me give you a couple of quick examples. Let me say that you're age 65 and you're going to retire, um, but then you're going to take a part-time job. Should you sign up for Social Security? Maybe, maybe not. If If you sign up for Social Security at any age younger than 66, so which is 62, 63, 64, and so forth, and you're continuing to work full-time, um, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. You're, you're going to decrease the benefits you're going to receive over your entire lifetime. They're going to take back some of the money from you now. So a better result is this. If you plan to continue to work full-time to age 66, don't take Social Security until you reach age 66. Um, what about if you want to retire at age 66 and you want to continue working, then they won't take the money back from you. So at age 67, 68, you're still working, you're receiving your salary and so forth. Um, You can collect Social Security and your benefit will not be reduced. But again, 
If you can afford to wait until age 70, you're going to get 32% more at age 70 or at some higher age. I always lose track, Ray, of whether it's the last 40 quarters or the highest 40 quarters. Uh, It's neither. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) I'm glad to learn this. It's basically, uh, I've forgotten whether it's 30 or 35-year average. So there's a popular misconception that, gee, if I'm making the most money in the last five years that I'm working, that's really what my Social Security will be based upon. No, that's not correct. It's an average over, again, I'm sorry, I forgot to see the 30 or 35 years. But nevertheless, if you continue to work at your highest salary level at 66 and beyond, it's going to increase your Social Security account. Yes. Do they uh, recalculate that every year? Every year. Every year it's recalculated. It is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you work from 66 to age 70 because you want to maximize Social Security, And you asked the question, Phil, why are you still paying into Social Security after age 66, which is considered full retirement age? Um, Yes, you still contribute to Social Security, but they will, they don't do it monthly, but once a year, they're going to readjust and increase the amount of Social Security you're getting. So you'll get the benefit. By the way, after age 70, if you want to work to age 75, no, you're not, then you're not continuing to pay in, you're not continuing to increase your account. Mm -hmm. So here's a very simple rule, though, for everybody. Um, If you have money in IRA accounts, retirement accounts, 401k accounts, um, maybe you want to think about taking some money from that when you retire at age 65 or 66 and not start Social Security until you reach age 70. Remember that 32% increase between 66 and 70. It's actually 8% a year. So... Think of having your money in the bank and making 8% interest a year. That's really what you're doing if you can afford to wait and defer Social Security. One component of Social Security that doesn't make any sense to me is the fact that after you reach a certain salary level, there is no more Social Security uh, taken out. I'm not sure I'm explaining that correctly, Ray. No, that's correct. Um, And I don't think that it's a fair thing to do. If somebody is making $250,000 a year in salary, they're only paying Social Security on about half of their salary because it stops at about, uh, again, I didn't bring my numbers with me, but it's about $115,000, $120,000 a year. After that, if you make more money than that, you don't contribute to Social Security on the excess. Huh. So all the wealthier in the world are not contributing full amounts mm-hmm. to the Social Security system. Mm-hmm. So coming back to why we're talking about this for uh, women in particular, um, it's important if you're married in particular to sit down and have a family financial discussion with your spouse and say, are we going to make the right Social Security decision? Because remember, the surviving spouse is going to get the larger of the two checks. So if if you're a woman and you're thinking about the fact that you're going to outlive your husband, and he's all set to take Social Security at age 62, when he dies, you're going to get a smaller check because his Social Security will be smaller. There's also another decision point that comes up at retirement. Less and less these days because there aren't as many funded pensions as there used to be. But when you retire, you have to make a decision about how you want to receive your pension, whether you want to receive a full amount, whether you want to do um, the the 
program that would allow a portion of that pension to go to your uh, remaining spouse if anything should happen to you? Well, teachers, government employees in particular, um, sometimes uh, union employees would, will have a pension, and they'll have to make a pension election. And typically it's, do you want the money for just your lifetime? Well, then, again, if you're a woman listening and you're married to a, a gentleman who's a member of one of these uh, unions, you want to make sure that he's making the right decisions in terms of his own pension, in terms of when he collects Social Security, because those decisions will have a big impact on the surviving spouse, which more often than not is going to be the woman. So It's sort of a double whammy if... If the woman who um, is remaining after a a male spouse dies and the Social Security is cut in half and he has chosen only for himself to get his benefit over a lifetime pension and that's cut off, that's really a tough point for a remaining wife. Well, that used to be a popular option that people would do, and some people still do it. They'll say, well, I'm going to take the maximum pension that I can take but then I'm going to buy some life insurance for my surviving spouse. And they'll use that money to make up the difference. But you have to buy a fairly large life insurance policy for that to be effective. Uh, For example, let's say that the pension is $30,000 a year, and I'm going to do this in my head. Um, And when the husband dies, his pension stops. There's no more $30,000 of income coming in. That means if you want to replace that money, it's got to be a large enough insurance policy that's going to generate $30,000 of income. So a $500,000 life insurance policy, earning 5%, that fund earning 5% will generate $25,000 of income. So you might be looking at having a life insurance policy as large as a half a million dollars. And it can't just be term insurance because term insurance is going to run out. Now you're talking about a $500,000 policy of uh, whole life or index universal life, and that's going to be a fairly costly policy to keep up. That might cost you eight or $10,000 a year for permanent and insurance. Important to remember, too, that just because one spouse dies doesn't mean that the household expenses are cut in half. Generally, no. they're reduced only a small amount. Now, there'll, there'll be some reduction in expenses because the man isn't purchasing all the sports channels on television any longer <laughs> or having as much beer to drink during the week. and So there'll be some reduction in cost, perhaps. But, but not much. But most of the main expenses will continue. And that's why it's so important to do this income analysis that shows how much income will you have in retirement now as a couple How much will you have if the wife dies? How much will you have if the husband dies? Is there going to be an income gap in plan? But just as importantly, uh, ladies in particular who might be listening today, you got to make sure that if you're married, your husband is making appropriate decisions on Social Security, on pensions, and you have a lot of choices with pensions. You can take it as a lump sum, invest it, let it accumulate, maybe into a product that's going to have an income rider. Uh, Many, many things you can do. We're happy to go through those choices. Uh, Give us a call at 508-998-8858, and we'll be happy to uh, set up an appointment for you to talk about some of those things. Tenny, there was a lady named Charlotte Witten who said, whatever women do, they must do twice as well as men to be thought half as good. Luckily, this is not difficult. (laughs) (laughs) It was okay until you get to the tagline, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> and um, one of my favorites, by the way, is uh, favorite female personalities is Oprah Winfrey. I have a lot of admiration for what she has accomplished, but she has also been very much involved in the written word and sponsoring books, and she's got so many wonderful quotes that are out there. Uh, like, you don't become what you want, you become what you believe. And I trust everything happens for a reason, even if we are not wise enough to see it. Just lots and lots of good quotations. And one last one from Oprah, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. So do something to get started and don't be afraid to sit down and make some plans. You know, one of the uh, things that you've encountered in the past, I know, Tenny, is that sometimes people are superstitious about planning. They think, my gosh, if I'm going to sit down and plan, that means what? Well, your mom was like that for sure. She never wanted to do a will because she knew as soon as she signed it, she would die. And people are very superstitious about that. But at least have a will, ladies. It's very important that you have a will, that you have a durable power of attorney, that you have health documents. Tell, you tell must me, tell protect us again, yourself. Tell us again what the durable power of attorney does. Why is that important? Whatever you own, you may own in just your name. Perhaps you have a bank account or something in just your name. And if anything happens to you and you're incapacitated, nobody can access that bank account but you unless they go to court and get what's called a conservatorship. So maybe somebody needs to pay your hospital bills for you. Somebody needs to access that account to pay your um, rent or your mortgage. You need to name somebody called an agent under a durable power of attorney who can take over for you and carry on your financial affairs. Tenny, do you know who Susie Orman is? I do. I don't tend to listen to her, but I do. Well, doesn't she have some relationship to the organization you belong to? Yes, and I don't mean to say that I, I um, uh, denigrate her at all, not at all, but um, I don't listen to those kinds of, of programs. Uh, Susie has written uh, a number of books, and she has recommended that the American Academy of Estate Planning members are those that you should seek out if you are planning to do estate planning documents. And we, of course, are a founding member of the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys. Yeah, I thought there was a good relationship there. I want to give you a few Susie Ormond quotes because I think they're very appropriate for what we're talking about today. Just because you can afford it doesn't mean you should buy it. Good advice for anybody listening, I would say. <laughs> and then she also says, she's also been very big on having emergency funds so that if you got laid off, if something happened in your family, you can have six or eight months. I think she uses eight months as a category of emergency money to live on. That's really hard to do for a lot of people, but it's good advice. And she says, never invest emergency savings in the stock market. Well, there's a reason for that. So we're, we're talking about taking some steps to do some planning. And I talked about Mark Twain saying, you know, to get ahead, get started. Susie Armand said, thoughtful financial planning can easily take a back seat to daily life. People tend to put everything off, don't they, in oh, doing planning? Procrastination is the biggest reason that people don't plan. 
She also, Susie Armand said, so many financial dreams are thwarted by the failure to act upon good intentions. So I suspect if you're listening today, you're thinking, you know, these are some good points, and I really should sit down and make sure that my estate planning is in order, or I should really think about doing some kind of a plan that will tell me, do I have enough money to live on if I retire? Can I afford to retire? I, I find that a great deal. And I want to remind you about some of the things that we do at USA Wealth Group because I don't often get into that. I usually am so involved with the guests that I have on the radio and talking to them that sometimes I don't tell people enough about what we do. And I say our job, which is really our mission, is to protect your family and protect your money. Well, what does that mean? Well, we start out with a budget. We want to look at your income, your savings, what have you got put aside for retirement savings, do you have life insurance? Should you have life insurance? Do you know your credit score? What about your house? If you have a house, is your house protected? Can we do something differently to make sure that maybe your mortgage is paid off faster? Or do you have legal documents to protect your house that somebody like Tenny could help you with, such as a homestead, for example? I know you do homesteads, Tenny. And then what about retirement? Have you done an actual income plan for retirement? We have some wonderful uh, programs called our Retirement Analyzer that we can sit down and work with you and show you this is what you're going to look like exactly in retirement. What can you do to increase your retirement income? What kind of retirement asset strategies? What about legacy planning? Do you want to leave as much as possible to your children or family members or for college education? If you're about to retire, if you're working for Verizon, for example, they periodically come out and do early buyout offers. How do you analyze those buyout offers and pension options? We've done so many of those and given people advice about what's the best choice for you. Should you do a reverse mortgage? Um, what if you have a business? Do you have a succession plan in place for your business? If you own your own business and you're listening today, do you plan to retire at some point in time? Or are you just going to work until you drop and somebody will figure it out after you're gone? How about tax planning? Most people don't think a lot about taxes. Well, we do tax planning. We do tax planning if you're going to sell something and you want to reduce capital gains. We do a lot of work in the area of charitable tax planning. Uh, we give people advice all the time about how to do IRA rollovers, how to handle your 401k rollover. One of the basic things we tell people is if you're retired, and we see this a lot, you can take your 401k and put it into an IRA. Did you know that if you're still working, you can take money out of your 401k in many cases and maybe put it in a safer place for investment? It's called an in-service distribution. Um, a lot of companies, it's, the IRS allows this, by the way. If you're 59 and a half and your company 401k permits it, which most of them do, you can take an in-service distribution. That means you can continue to work, continue to contribute to your 401k, because that's an important financial thing to do. Um, but you can also take a good chunk out of your 401k and put it into an IRA instead, and you'll have different kinds of investment choices. That can be very useful. Well, guess what? Some companies have just now announced that they're going to allow people to do that as early as age 55. So if you've got a 401k, don't assume, for example, that it's just going to sit there until you retire. And then one of the worst things of all is if you are retired, don't let the money continue to sit in the 401k. 
you really need to look at options. And a lot of these options are for uh, protecting uh, women. You know, Tenny, I know you do uh, work in the area of um, asset protection also. Um, and I know that Medicaid is a concern for a lot of women in particular. If you go into any nursing home today, what do you think is their percentage of women that will be there versus men? Oh, I don't know the exact average, but I think it's um, about two to one, maybe bit, maybe more. I think it's probably higher. I think it's more like 90%. And again, men tend to die earlier. Women tend to live longer. So the last thing I'm going to leave you with today, and Tenny, thank you for being here, is the fact that if you have concerns about nursing home protection, that's also a very big concern for women in particular, isn't it? Well, it's a, it's a terrible dilemma. Um, there are so many people these days who are in the um, asset categories that um, are kind of middle class now, around a million dollars or so, and they can be left in a very bad situation if their spouse has to enter a nursing home, yes. So the final message today really is gonna be, uh, ladies in particular who are listening, Estate planning is even more important for you sometimes than it is for men. And certainly retirement planning and asset protection planning is even more important for you than it is for men. You're going to live longer. You're stronger. You make more of the financial decisions. So take some steps to get started. Give Tenny a call at... 508-998-8800. Or call USA Wealth Group or visit us at usawealthgroup.com. Thank you for listening. Take care.